At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5GB data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Schaap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Shap. I hope you had a great 4th of July. And if you have gotten the chance to get out and play some golf, I hope that it's been a round that you have enjoyed. If it hasn't and you need to practice, well, it's time to get to the practice area and practice on your game so that you can improve. Yes, everybody can improve in the game of golf. I want to start this episode by taking you on a trip, so to say. This is a trip to just north of Tulum, Mexico. I had the uh, chance to go down and play the PGA Riviera Maya by Bahia Principe Golf Golf Club. And this is a first for the PGA of America. It's the PGA's first facility partnership in Latin America to support golfer development and tourism experiences. Now, PGA Riviera Maya is very impressive. Robert Trent Jones II designed this golf course, 18 holes, uh, and it goes through the Mayan jungle. And you have lakes and cenotes included in the course, and you play right beside them. This golf resort also includes another nine-hole par three course, And that was recently acknowledged by Golf Digest magazine to be among the best resorts in Mexico and the Americas. And uh, the club, integrated into the Mexico's Bahia Principe Complex, located in the Riviera Maya area, just about 15 miles from the town of Tulum. I stayed at the Hilton Tulum, which has just opened up. In fact, I think it's only been open for about two months, so you can get great rates there. You get a taxi from the Hilton, and you're at PGA Riviera Maya in about five minutes, 10 minutes max, depending on traffic. This golf course is very, very good. Nice, lush fairways, greens that hold uh, your shots, your approaches. It's a fun course to play. Now, I know there have been some reviews on TripAdvisor and other places where it says, well, the golf cart ran out of battery power. It wasn't that good. I can tell you that the golf carts are relatively new. 
my golf cart didn't run out of battery power. Uh, my wife and daughter also had a golf cart to ride around. They only rode for nine holes, but their golf cart had no issues. The one thing I will say is there are not GPS devices in the golf cart. So make sure you take your rangefinder and you'll be just fine. It's a fine, outstanding course. They also have schools. Their academy offers individual and group golf lessons for all ages and levels. And they say they are committed to helping develop future golfers through programs that strengthen mind, body, and spirit. The PGA of America, one of the world's largest sports organizations, composed of PGA professionals who work daily to grow interest and participation in the game of golf, has lent its name to the PGA Riviera Maya. Robert Trent Jones II came in and just really turned an outstanding piece of land into a great golf course in the Mayan jungle. So if you like to travel and see different places throughout the world and you like to take your golf clubs with you and play some golf when you're on vacation, I suggest you look up PGA Riviera Maya. Yes, you have Mayacoba as well, not far up the road from there in between Cancun and Tulum. But if you want to play for a little bit less than what it costs at Mayacoba, you can go to PGA Riviera Maya. Go to their website, PGARivieraMaya.com. That's where you can book your tee times. You can give them a call, and they'll take reservations over the phone. Now, there are no holes along the Caribbean like there are at Mayacoba. This golf course is situated to the west of the main highway that goes from Cancun to Tulum. I will tell you, there have been reports out there that there are a lot of crocodiles on this golf course. I didn't see a single crocodile. What I did see was a lot of iguanas, and some of them baby iguanas, some look like teenage iguanas, and some were large adult iguanas. And there has been an episode before where I talked about goose poop, and if your ball comes to rest against goose poop, well, here at PGA Riviera Maya, you have to watch out for the iguana poop. So yes, it is a factor when you play PGA Riviera Maya. If you're going to play the ball down, which I would assume that most of you would, it was not too crowded the day that I played. The weather was great. Couldn't really tell that it was that windy except on some of the open holes. They've got a great practice facility with a large driving range to uh, get ready for your round of golf. They got a nice chipping green and a huge, expansive putting green to work on as well before you hit the links there uh, just north of Tulum on the Riviera Maya. In this episode uh, from the short grass, I sit down with Kermit Davis, the head basketball coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. We sat down back in early June at the SEC spring meetings in Sandestin, Florida, and had a little conversation about his team and about his love for the game of golf. And you'll also find that he has one more love as well that comes right after his family and basketball. And you will want to hear what that is. That's coming up on this edition of From the Short Grass. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends at Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. Matthew Allen, Blair Allen, bphotels.com is where you find them on the web. If you need a place to stay overnight, make sure you check out one of their great properties. They are the leaders when it comes to managing hotel properties. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We are back 
with more from the Sortgrass after this. Stay with us. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. The economy is changing slowly but surely. The market is slowing down in a gradual slide. Not an emergency yet. The sky is not falling, but a change is coming. When times are good, auctions make buyers compete to buy at the highest market value. When the economy gets tough, auctions force buyers to make a purchase decision. Either way, auctions get the highest return for a seller and a strong deal for a buyer. With an experienced auction company, it's a simple process. Go to BlackmanAuctions.com for more information. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Strength is measured not by the number of accounts. Strength is placing value on relationships. It's having the vision and the guts to invest in growth. It's the commitment to responsibly manage your money. At Stevens, we believe that our strengths build success. Not only for us, but for our clients. Stevens, member NYSE, SIPC. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. Kermit Davis, the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels since 2018, has reached the NCAA tournament six times in his career, the round of 32 twice, both of those times when he was the head coach at Middle Tennessee. He is from the state of Mississippi, went to Mississippi State University, and ironically is now the head coach at Ole Miss. If you know anything about Mississippi State and Ole Miss, those two programs do not get along. But I think Kermit Davis and you'll hear in this interview, has found a home in Oxford. On the tee, Kermit Davis. Coach Kermit Davis of Ole Miss, welcome to this edition of From the Short Grass. I hear you're a pretty good golfer. Well, some of my buddies would, would kind of disagree with that, Trey. You know, I've played my whole life. i got no excuse. And uh, so I kind of grew up playing probably since seven, eight, nine years old. Played on a high school golf team. Loved baseball. I kind of showed up for matches. And... Um, I used to be okay, and I live on a golf course in Oxford, beautiful place. I think when you take an SEC job, you play the least amount of golf <laughs> that you've ever played in your life. So uh, I played, I've played twice uh, so far with my son-in-law. My son-in-law was, a, uh, was the youngest guy to ever win the Mississippi Amateur in Mississippi. He was really an elite junior player, played at Mississippi State. And so uh, he gave me a lesson the other day that I think kind of helped me a little bit, Trey. Maybe oh, really? I was, I was right left off the tee, and so a little more buttons and chest, and so maybe that will help me going forward. It's always good to get some lessons from those that know the game, isn't it? It is, and especially a guy that can keep it simple, you know. And uh, I, I really, in my later, later life and years to come, I sure hope that, that I can get to take some lessons. You know, the problem with all of us now if you do get a lesson, you don't ever go practice. Right. You know, you need to go to the range and really practice and work on it. Uh, but I love it. I love the competitiveness of it. I, I love the, 
the gambling of it and small things, just winning and losing, you know, just with your buddies and talking a little bit. So I have a lot of fun with that. Do you play for like a dollar, 25 cents, something like that? Or is it a little more, maybe five, ten dollars? Yeah, maybe a little bit more. Depends on if you play with my buddies, Tim Floyd, okay. John Brady. You know, Floyd loves to, he's, he's, he doesn't have any scared money at all, you know. So, <laughs> so and Tim's retired from the Bulls and the whole thing. So he's got a lot of it. Uh, but we have a good time. I, you know, I play at the Oxford Country Club. I'm a member at Old Waverly, which I think is one of the Old most. Old Waverly is like the best course in Mississippi. It, you know, Trey, it's just, it's just unbelievable. It's just southern charm at its best. And it's just unpretentious. And I've been going there for a while, and so I really enjoy that. Uh, you know, George Bryan, who's probably probably done more for golf than anybody in our state. And he's in some, some bad health right now, but George is doing better. And uh, so we wish George well. But, yeah, that, that is a cool place. And uh, I, I hadn't been down this year, but I hope to get down there this month. Well, I hear it's in fantastic shape. It's hosted the U.S. Women's Open before, so uh, it's one of the best. And then you've got Mossy Oak right across the street from it. Yeah, Mossy Oak is great. I mean, you talk about 36 championship holes, and uh, so it's terrific. I, I love it. It was really, really hard, mm-hmm. you know, but the thing when I'm, I'm turned 62, so the, the beauty of golf if you don't have too much pride, you move up into your range. That helps you a lot, and uh, and I think that helps me play Mossy Oak a little bit better. You said seven or eight. Is that when you started, when you first picked up a golf club? Where were you? I did. My dad was coaching at Mississippi State, and a uh, little place, Starkville Country Club, and my dad enjoyed playing. And, and what they really did, he, he was gone all the time recruiting. That's been there. There was no recruiting rules. And he was and he just dropped us off at, at the country club, a little nine-hole place, a little swimming pool, my buddies, and, and all we did we just played golf and swam the whole day you know and so we just had a great mama drop us off and get her out of her hair you know and so we stayed out there from like nine to probably five or six and we kind of learned how to play there and now you're the head coach at Ole Miss kind of ironic that you grew up in Starkville and you're the head coach of Ole Miss I mean Mississippi State and Ole Miss they don't get along we don't like each other very much at all. And, and nobody wants to beat Mississippi State more than Kermit Davis. I promise you that. And, uh, you know, so I, I have just fallen in love with Oxford and Ole Miss. My family have. It's an unbelievable place. You know, Chris Malloy just had an unbelievable run in the national championship, made the cut to the to the 15. And he and I are, are great buddies. And uh, it's just wonderful people, unbelievable facilities. Our administration is, is terrific. And uh, But, no, you know, it's just it's great. Uh, I grew up in Mississippi, but I hadn't lived in Mississippi in a long, long time. So it's just great to be back in in our state, close to my parents who live in Tupelo. And uh, so it's a wonderful place for me to finish my my college basketball career. You think you'll finish at Ole Miss? No question. Yeah, I'm not coaching any other place. I, I love Ole Miss. I came here to try to win a SEC championship tray. You know, uh, COVID kind of got us the year before. I did think we're an NCAA tournament team, first team out. Last year, I've never seen a team. We just got kind of ravaged with, with injuries, but all those guys are getting healthy and back. I love our team, and we've got the uh, 12th-ranked recruiting class out of ESPN High School, so we've got some good young players coming in. So tough league for sure, uh, but I think Ole Miss fans have a lot of fun watching us this year. I was going to ask you about the, the SEC. It seems like it's keeping uh, it, it's progressing. It's getting better year in and year out. It, it is, I, and I think it all starts at the top. Uh, you know, with Greg has done an unbelievable job. They brought a guy, Dan Leibovitz, that came in, and Dan has been terrific for basketball. Uh, and then they just keep hiring outstanding coaches, uh, return great players, the recruiting classes are 
just it's almost like it used to be in football where you could have a great class and finish in the top 25 and you look up and you're 10th in the SEC in football recruiting and so basketball has gotten really competitive and you know why because everybody's made an emphasis in basketball I mean at Ole Miss all chips are in as far as facilities assistant coaching salaries everything welfare for student athletes so that's the reason that you've seen a big jump and the SEC is not going to go away it kind of helps when you have a former basketball player as the athletic director though doesn't it it is Keith really gets he gets everything. Uh, he's a great fundraiser. Uh, he's a great people person, great listener as an AD. Uh, we had dinner with him last night and our chancellor. And think about this. Our chancellor used to be a high school basketball coach. Really? Glenn Boyce, yeah. Where? So, uh, he was at MRA. Uh, he, then he was the, the uh, president of Holmes Junior College. So he had got a great basketball background. So that's pretty cool, you know, that those guys both, they, they understand basketball and, uh, and the importance of it on our campus. The transfer portal and NIL, how has that changed the landscape of college basketball? Trey, think about this now. I'm, I coached in 1984. This should be my – 82 is my first year. So this my 40th year in college basketball. No cell phones to now you can pay players legally. So I've come full <laughs> circle. And, uh, you know, so I, I really do think that it's – it's, but you have to adapt. People can, can – moan and groan about it but it does no good it's here the transfer portal is here to stay so how do you navigate it to to get your best interest and to help Ole Miss and so uh you know I think in the in the real world we would love to see kids I I personally think when kids set out a year it helped them unbelievable I really like in middle Mm -hmm. we had like three players of the year that transferred, that set out a year. And they would not been the player of the year that have played immediately. But those guys sitting out of year, number one, it, it, it got them to graduate. And number two, they just really matured, and they really saw it. So there's some benefit to that. But that's not going to happen again. We're, we're where we're at, and we all got to make it work. You talk about the fact that now that you're in the SEC, you really don't have a lot of time for outside activities like golf. Um, what other activities can you do? in your spare time, which you have little of. You know, my, my biggest thing is just my family. I do. I mean, my wife Betty and my two girls, my, my daughter's expecting our first grandchild in August in Tupelo, and so we're excited about that. We have a little place here in, in Florida. My wife goes a lot. I go about twice a year, but she tries to go once a month, you know, which is great for her and, and my daughter. I love to bass fish. Mm-hmm. I've only been once. I do. I'm, I'm hooked on bass fishing. Uh, there's nothing more than I love besides basketball is topwater bass fishing. I enjoy it. It's the biggest thrill of my life when I can get to a place and, and do that. In fact, I'm going to go. I'm speaking to a group in Jackson tomorrow, and I'm going to go to a, a little ranch and do a little bass fishing uh, tomorrow afternoon. It's supposed to be at, a, at, a, at an unbelievable place. I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure you'll hook a few. Uh, let's see. I've had Porter Mosier, Steve Shields. On yep. from the short grass, former basketball coaches that you know Now, Steve uh, well. Shields out of that group can really play. Yes, he can. Because he can really play. <laughs> yeah, he can really play. He's a real player. You're talking to a non-player. He's a real player. Well, that's good. I mean, Porter Porter plays too. Yeah. They both have gotten to go to Augusta. I want to know if you've gotten to go to Augusta. Listen to this. That's a story. When I was a head coach at A&M, I got invited one time, okay? And, uh, and I couldn't go. I, well, I, I, I should have, okay? So – uh, but I thought I was too busy. I'm 30 years old, head coach at A&M. You know, I'm wrapped up in recruiting, didn't hit at the optimum time. I said, guys, I'm going to have to take a rain check on it. 
and I've never been invited again. So <laughs> that rain check went away. <laughs> yeah, that rain check went away. So I'm getting closer. You know, we're all kind of a couple fingers and a couple handshakes away. So hopefully in the next two or three years I get a chance. Coach Shields told me the story that he's on the jet and they're flying in. It's raining cats and dogs, and Mr. Ford was taking them. Right. And he turns around and looks. He goes, guys, rain and golf don't mix with me. And Coach Shields looked at another guy that was on the plane with him and said, I'll play in the snow out here if I have to. <laughs> I know. I've been a couple of times to watch, but I've never played it. And uh, I know it's just a, it's a fabulous place. You said you played with John Brady some. What's his game like? J- John Brady's a left-hander. He plays a little right to left. I tell you what, John, you know, the retired guys start beating us guys that are still working. <laughs> and so John Brady, you know, except for maybe Floyd. I can still beat Floyd. Uh, but John does. He and Tim play a lot. He's got one of those kind of games. Doesn't hit it very far, but hits it straight. And he's a mid-'80s player, and uh, he really enjoys playing. Best golf course you've ever played? You know where I went that I loved it is Sand Valley. I went to uh, – a group asked me last year to go to the Ryder Cup. I said, I can't go. He said, no, Coach, we're going to go one night. We're going to go on a Saturday. We're going to play this place called Sand Valley. Never heard of it. We played a place called Mammoth Dunes, the widest fairways in our country. Really? And this is an unbelievable place. And then the next day we flew uh, to watch the Ryder Cup and flew home. And it was one of the best, almost 36 hours of golf enjoyment with some good pals and had a great time. But if you get a chance, it, it is a cool place. You know, Waverly's a, a wonderful place. I love Shoal Creek. You know, it's Shoal fantastic. Shoal Creek in Birmingham. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's, it's beautiful. I hadn't been on a, like, I hadn't been overseas or doing, the, you know, the uh, all the St. Andrews and stuff like that. But but really is. I, uh, I thought Sand Valley is one of the coolest places I've ever been. So when you retire, where will you live? Will you live on a golf course? Uh, I think, you know, we're going to stay right there in Oxford. We, we love Oxford. We live, I live right on uh, Two Green right there, so I should play, but I, I don't. And, uh, but we, we live right there. We're close to, to my daughter in Tupelo. We do have a place here, uh, and we're, we're uh, members of the Water Sound Beach Club, which gets you Camp Creek and uh, Shark's Tooth, and I, mm-hmm. I love those two courses. Uh, so this will be kind of our ending spot, kind of in prominence and right there and, uh, yeah. in Water Sound. Do you ever get out in the evenings and chip and putt on number two? You know, Trey, I told myself I was going to do that a bunch, and I don't. And it's just, and I should. I, it's my fault. It's not. It's not anybody's fault. It's my fault. Especially in the summer, I usually can do a little bit more because you can get home at, you know, six six thirty and go out and and chip. I mean, I get about one hundred and fifty yards, and it really is kind of an open play. So it's really my fault that I don't play more than I should. How can golf help people in relationships and in business and sport? Trey, it's it's the most unbelievable connector of anything I've ever seen for business. I told my son-in-law, who was an elite player, got hurt. I mean, he was like one top 100 amateurs and all that kind of stuff. And his dreams was go play in the PGA, and at one time, probably could. And, and I just think what happened is that he got hurt, and he was thinking about maybe going and trying to, to fight the, you know, all the tours and the mini tours and all that. And I said, Fletcher, you will make more money in golf on this deal. Because, number one, he's a great player. But he's a great player that makes a guy that shoots 95 really comfortable. I said, that's an art to that. And I said, and he is. He's great. So he gets invited to more scrambles than anybody in Mississippi, and he does a great job with his personality in golf. And sometimes, I mean, people want to see you at a tournament as well. They'd right. like to play with you. Yeah. 
And, and that's what I wished I would I could do more. And I did it more at Middle Tennessee at my country club there at Stones River. Uh, and I don't do it as much in Oxford as far as just, just going and getting the foursome. Because you can what happens in as we all know, you take these jobs and you see people in different areas. But when you play golf with somebody, you remember them from forever. I mean, you do remember their names. You, you find out about them. And so a, as a coach, we all wish we could do more because you can really connect with somebody when you spend, you know, four, four and a half hours in a round. I forgot who it was that said it. It might have been Mr. Palmer. It might have been Mr. Nicholas. But they said, you spend four hours with someone on a golf course, you'll learn a lot about them. You will. Yeah, I mean, you do. I mean, and you'll learn whether you would really like to take a – always, always measure this. How good of friends you are and how somebody wears well, would you take a three-day golf trip with them? I don't know about that. I'd like to play, maybe play 18 holes with them. I don't want to go three days of golf with him. But when you really can go enjoy somebody for about two or three days of golf, then you know he's a good buddy that kind of wears well with everybody. Fantasy foursome, you and three others, living or deceased, who would you want to play with? Oh, I, you, you mentioned, you know, Arnold Palmer would, would be one. Uh, obviously, Tiger Woods just of his competitive nature. And I think if I could do those two with Charles Barkley, I think that would be the most unbelievable foursome. I'd love to have Tiger and play Charles and, and Arnie. <laughs> I think <laughs> you beat them. That would be fun. Now, now do you want Barkley when he's still got the giddy-up, the hitch in the swing, or do you want him where he's swinging freely? I like the way he plays. I mean, it's unbelievable to see him. And I know because Charles is like everybody. He just wants to be in the game. You know, he just wants to have a little skin in the game and just be able to compete and play and enjoy it. And it's, it's been great to watch him. I mean, now you watch him play and he hits ball straight. And, and, I, and I feel good for him because, you know, he's having fun going out and, and being able to play golf in, in a good way. He can probably take some money off of Barkley. I don't know. Not right now. He may get me. <laughs> he may get me right now. Coach, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck this year. All right. Thank you, Trey. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. You all know by now I'm not a good golfer, but my son loves the game and he and I have been playing more. I've got my score down to, I've quit playing a scramble on every hole. I'm using the bunker rake much less than I used to. And a lot of the time I hit my drives past the women's tee box. All of my success in golf can directly be tied to me listening to From the Short Grass. Without it, I would not be the golfer I am today. Trey, you owe me 20 bucks for that. Trey knows golf. I know auctions. Come see us at BlackmanAuctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary colorful rooms with high quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. I want to tell you about one of our great partners, Blackman Auctions. Thomas Blackman and his team at Blackman Auctions, they get auctions done. Find out about their upcoming auctions on the web, blackmanauctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions have been Blackman Auctions. On the tee with our rules segment, here's PGA Master Professional Adam Carney. Adam, this question comes in from Bruce in Russellville. And will the USGA ever make divots ground under repair? So the easy answer is no. Um, there's this guy named Jack Nicholas that's been trumpeting this forever. The important thing to remember is, you know, the rules are written by the United States Golf Association and by the Royal and Ancient Club at St. Andrews in the UK. And if, if you've ever been 
to the UK and played. If you've ever had the privilege of playing in Scotland and playing the old course. There are many divots? Sure, there's plenty of divots. But golly, you can go back into the 18th century, but most, most notably the 19th century when golf really started taking off. I mean, what they were playing on in the original 13 rules, you know, that was just playing the ball as it lies was, was part of the game. I mean, we like to say in the rules world, you know, tough luck starts somewhere. I can remember I, I was playing Carnoustie. I had a group of members. We'd gone over to Scotland. And it was, ironically, it was uh, Austin Cook's dad, Billy Cook, um, hit a tee shot. Oh, I believe it was on the 15th. And it just lands in the fairway and, and just takes off forever. And it's a par five. It's incredibly reachable. I hit one on the exact same line as him, maybe landed a foot left of his. And I'm in one of those bunkers. And, you know, <laughs> I hit as good a shot as he did. It landed almost in the exact same spot. And I'm, I've got a sand wedge going out sideways, and I'm going to have five iron into the green, at, you know, or mm-hmm. even more if I remember right. And he's he's down there with an eight iron in his hands. And golf wasn't meant to be fair at all times. In the United States, I, I hate to say this, but we're spoiled. And that, I'm not saying everyone but me. We, are, we all are. I mean, we play on the most manicured golf courses compared to where they play in the rest of the world and so i think when people in other countries hear us saying we ought to get relief from divots they're thinking yeah come play over here and see see what see what kind of stuff you got over here to deal with yeah you know i get that it's it's incredibly disappointing to hit a great tee shot especially i mean think about a tour event think about a major for that matter guys got a one-shot lead or tied for the lead and 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 he fires one down on 18 at oakmont and and the ball's in a divot and now he's got to work hard to, to save par to win or say make par to get into a playoff, whatever it may be. I get the idea. I, I really do. I think every step has been taken to get people to replace divots, to fill them with sand, to, I mean, obviously on tour, they don't have to worry about those things. I mean, balls come to rest in divots, but I can't think of last time I saw a ball sitting in a divot where half the ball was below the surface. Of the, no, of the I can't either. So. Is it going to happen? I don't think so. I, I really don't. I mean, this has been a hot topic for years and years and years. Probably, you know, arguably the greatest player of all time has trumpeted that that calls, and it, it hasn't gone anywhere. Um, I, I just I don't think it's going to happen. I think I think it's just part of the game. You know, there's good breaks, there's bad breaks. Basically, bad luck starts somewhere. Tough luck starts somewhere, man. That's just you, know, you can hit it in the trees, and it can pop out in the middle of the fairway. Yeah, you could hit it at the trees. It pops out in the middle of the fairway, but you're also in a divot, too. I mean, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I think then I might want to take the divot as opposed uh, yeah, to being in the trees. Yeah, happy to be in a divot. Exactly. Bruce in Russville, thanks for the question. If you've got a question, send it in to us, fromtheshortgrass at gmail.com. That will do it for this edition of From the Shortgrass. Remember to always fix your ball mark on the green and a couple of more, and I hope to see you from the shortgrass. You've been listening to From the Shortgrass a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.